This is Rugga Matrix America, show number 43. Welcome, everybody. Hope you're having a good Christmas season and Happy New Year. This is Alex Goff with Rugby Magazine and RugbyMag.com. We have a great show for you today on this, the last show of 2010. A couple of outstanding guests, and as always with us is Bruce McLean. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Bruce. How you doing? Merry Christmas at our Christmas show, Alex. This is absolutely terrific. We have a wonderful show, and we do say Merry Christmas here, and it, and it's always sad to not have Bronk, but he is doing special assignment stuff because we are really going to upgrade our show when when Bronk gets back, and I think that's going to be that's going to be great. Um, but we have some really terrific guests here today. Salty Thompson, of course, the Longtime coach of the U.S. 19s program, and really made a transformation with that program by by searching out and identifying talent throughout the country. And I think that obviously Tony Smith and Tolks and and all those guys tried to do it, but Salty really embraced the job as it was the only thing he was doing. That was his coaching, and 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 I think that having that full time dedication to it made the identification process good. And, of course, the newly named under-20s coach, Scott Lawrence. Guys, everybody, want, you know, every, everybody wants to know, how does a guy become a U18 or a U20? How does he go about it? How does a coach go about it? What are you looking for athletically? Uh, and how do you measure desire and effort? Uh, salty off-air, we've talking about the dog. The, you know, the, the, what, what kind of dog do you have in you? And 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 what are you looking for? Like I said, athletically and attitudinally. Well, um, obviously we're looking at players that are going to project up, and uh, so we're we're looking at um, physical specimens that can that can play. Um, not everybody fits that mold. I mean, we can take our international examples of the exception to the rule and. And so forth, but generally speaking, we we know we're we're looking for some uh, good athletes with good speed, good power, good pace, uh, good strength, um, good athleticism, and then uh, obviously we we're hoping that um, they have the uh, the ability to take on decision making in rugby and and uh, can be uh, the type of athlete that can think on their feet, they can make decisions under pressure, and 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 really develop through the game. And um, I think my uh, certainly one of the goals for our camp is to provide an excellent instructional experience for the players and imp- help them improve their performance and then uh, elevate them to uh, Scott at U20 level. Scott, you? Yeah, same as Salty. We're, you know, the, the thing about being an international is not only do you have to have the physical tools, but you also have to have uh, the attitude and the aggressiveness. Um, that's the mark of a, of a true test player. Is can you compete physically? Yes. Can you compete mentally? You absolutely have to. Um, we need we need to look for guys that can do that. You know, we're also looking for self starters. So guys, um, we know that are, are going to do the work outside of camp. We have limited number of days in camp, uh, so that they've got to be self motivated. They've got to take things on board and uh, have a, a tre- tremendous amount of uh, follow through by themselves. So. Those are a couple of things, and then you know the the 
when we talk about follow through, it's it's got to be a guy who's honest and uh, and he's just constantly looking to improve. It's got to be a self starter. Well, in terms of of those kinds of measuring sticks, guys, and I I, I think back to a, a baseball camp I went to when I was in high school, and uh, in a couple of the there were a couple of pro baseball players there, and and they they were discussing a, a big pro, uh, prospect who hit a uh, lazy pop fly, and as he was running down to first base, he just peeled off from the first baseline and ran into the dugout. And he said every scout who was watching him closed the book on him and left. That that was a that was a deal breaker right there. The guy doesn't even run out of pop fly. We're not even interested. And are there are there deal breakers for you? Are there is or is there something that you you see somebody do and you say, okay, I'm going to draw an extra big thick line under this guy. He may not be the most athletic, but there's something about him. Oh, well, behaviorally, I mean, uh, obviously, guys were looking for young man with character, and uh, you know, they, we've got to be able to develop um, trust and in some fundamental values that. Um, you know, may or may not be there when we first uh, meet these young men. So, I mean, I'm an educator, uh, you know, by profession, so I, I see it every day. Um, I know Scott believes in, in, in that we, we're building character in, in these young men as well. So there's certain elements to their character that need to be in place. Um, for me, trust is, is pretty much non-negotiable. And, uh, and then we look at um, going from there. Uh, at the same time, we expect young men to falter at times, and hopefully there'll be some lessons learned. So um, we're willing to, you know, work with guys as as they grow and mature. Well, you both have different experiences with that kind of thing, dealing with young men in different ways. And uh, Salty and Scott, have you ever had to demonstrate a little bit more patience uh, than really you'd like to because of the the work that you're in? Well, as I say to, you know, kids that walk into my classroom at, at school, I really don't have much control over, but uh, kids that come out and play sports for me, um, I have a lot of control over, so they've, they've, got to, they've got to measure up to the standards that we set. So, you know, international players, we would expect, um, you know, fairly high standards out of the young men. And, Scott, you're in a slightly different situation, but what is it like for you and, and what are – some of the difficulties that uh, uh, you have to uh, deal with? Well, I think so. I mean, don't forget, I've been coaching in a collegiate environment here for a few years. So, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it is. It, and, and as Salty said, you know, being a coach of a representative team is, is slightly different in that if you have a, a kid that you're working with on a day-in and day-out basis, there's, there's time to... Um, work with that kid and time to, to build those things and you know and to work with his character and to do a number of, of things to kind of turn a kid around you have more time to do that so when you have them in a representative camp um, your time there is limited the time to build a connection to the team and to you as a coach and to them as a player is limited so um, you know you, you've got to try and kind of suss those things out with a kid as he is, is there a nugget in there that's that's worth going after? Um, and is a kid that we can build trust with? And, and then extending that again, it comes back to working with the coach that he sees on a daily basis, getting his feedback and getting him engaged in the process as well. 
and really the objective is is um, you know kind of the tier one guys that we're looking at for the the junior trophy. We'll be uh, building individual uh, development plans for those players um, that we'll share with coaches, and they'll be um, you know. That'll be anything from, uh, again, an individual nutrition plan, uh, what's their caloric intake, protein intake, uh, times of meals a day type stuff to, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of exercises in uh, sports psychology. We're finding not a lot of teams are doing that across the country, uh, as well as looking at, uh, you know, any functional um, enhancements they might have in terms of their physical ability and helping them to get better there. And then from a rugby perspective, looking specifically at the mechanics of basic skills and how do we improve them and get them on a plan. I think we need to start treating these kids as professionals. Well, going going forward, you guys have your Christmas camp coming up. And what would be a typical day at Christmas camp for Salty Thompson? And then what would be a typical day at Christmas camp for Scott Lawrence? Well, um, I'm going to split the day up into four one-hour sessions, and uh, they'll be up eating breakfast at 7.30. They'll be um, training at 8.30 to, uh, to 9.30, um, and then they'll get up. They'll be, uh, you know, a bit of a break, and then they'll be up again at 11 to, uh, to 12, eat lunch at 12:30, and then they're up in the afternoon, 1:30 to uh, to 2:30, and then again at 3:30 to uh, 4:30, and then the evenings um, when the U20s have got some practice time, we'll be uh, doing a lot of meetings and film review and, and such things. Yeah, mine's a pretty similar today, and, and salty night. I think we kind of map our days around when the kids are going to be most receptive to learning and when they're going to have an attention span. We try to keep trainings pretty short, so. Um, the first thing they do is get up in the morning around 7 and they uh, eat what's called a DEF CON. Uh, we refer to it as a DEF CON. So that's their, their pre and during training kind of fuel. Um, they'll do a unit session that's uh, pretty low in intensity, but it's meant to get their heart rate up a little bit and uh, get them ready to concentrate for about a half an hour in the morning. Uh, and then they'll eat and uh, they'll do some uh, high performance work. So either a, a sports psychology block of a half an hour or nutrition, uh, depending on the day. Uh, they'll come back and uh, tape and, uh, and uh, then get their pre-training fuel, uh, train for about an hour and a half, uh, take lunch, uh, then they get about a two-hour nap, uh, get up from that, and then we have uh, coach's hour, which is uh, individual feedback and uh, film kind of SWOT analysis type stuff. Uh, dinner and and then uh, we actually train at night. Uh, rather than having the kids sit through meetings at nighttime when they're tired, um, they actually train. The last thing they do is train, and then they, they get any treatments they need from the, the physical therapy room. Um, we put some some more food in them, and, uh, and then they go to sleep. So hopefully they dream about the things that uh, they learn during the day. Maybe they're dreaming about the girls that aren't there. Um, <laughs> I got. I, I actually do have one follow-up question to that. Yeah. As far as the sessions go, games versus drills, how much do you try to accomplish with the players in a game type of a setting? And I'm not talking about the actual physical game of rugby. I know that that's a real, you know, that takes a lot out of you. I'm talking about 
modified versions of things of, of rugby so that you can accomplish multiple repetitions of what you're looking for in a less structured environment. Because you know how it goes. Like, these guys who are really good at doing drills, and you put them under pressure, you put them on a field, and, you know, they, they can't do anything. They don't tackle anybody. They don't get they don't look for work. You know, there's guys who always, you know, if they're a good passer, they always happen to be at that little spot where they're passing, never at that spot where they have to hit somebody or clear somebody out or actually do something. Uh, Salty, start with you. Well, <clears throat> I mean, uh, you know, I'm in a coach development program as well, and, the games-based instruction started at Loughborough when I was there. So, you know, the games for understanding, um, you know, has, has been part and parcel of my upbringing. So I think teaching through games and, and then breaking from games uh, to, to go into, for want of a better word, drills um, or manipulating games to, to get what you want out of it and adjusting rules and adjusting levels of contact and so forth and so on. I think that's the basis. Plus, it also keeps the, the interest level in players. Kids and adults, they love to play games. So um, it, it just gets everybody uh, a little bit more involved that way, and uh, and um, and we get to see what we want to see if, if we're smart enough and skilled enough in manipulating our games. Scott? Yeah, very similar to, to Salty, I, you know, some of the stuff that's not game related for me is when we're in the beginning parts when we're, you know, when we're just making sure we get the right terminology. Um, you know, we're more in kind of a teaching, I guess, tempo at, at the beginning. We might, we, we may start slow just to make sure we're all on the same page in terms of what we're talking about and, and things are clear. Uh, we do a lot of that pre-training as well. You know, before we even walk on the field, we talk about terminology and, and the way that we're going to approach things. And then once we get there, I think that the basis of games is is competition, right? Is you want to put guys into a competitive setting, whether you call it a game or however you structure it, is to drive competition. And, and, and like Salty, I'm a big proponent of, of putting guys in competitive settings when it comes time to put that teaching in action. Well, guys, uh, a 16-year-old uh, boy is is considering, you know, he, he wants to be on the national team. And he wants to get to this level, but he's not there yet. If if somebody says, "How do I get there?" What can you tell? Them? Well, first of all, when we get him in camp, I mean, you know, I know that uh, Scott and I both believe in, in doing pretty thorough evaluations on on an ongoing basis with these players, not just a summative evaluation at the end, but uh, they're going to have their strengths, they're going to have their weaknesses. Um, what, what do you what do you say to a kid that wants to aspire to this? I mean, their core skills of, of, you know, if you can uh, run with the ball, if you can pass, if you can tackle, and, and, and you have an understanding of contact, and you can hold your own positionally. I mean, it, there, there's fundamental skills that are part and parcel to the game that um, that really will make or break players. Um, so what can you say? You know, work your skills. I mean, be a student of the game. Well, Scott, we, we talked... Um Back when uh, you were handling the high school All-Americans and uh, and Ray Lehner was coaching the U-20s, and we had a conversation about what you'd like to see from the the young men who are aspiring to this team. And some of it was was in terms of attitude, in terms of uh, you know everything from don't have an embarrassing email address to return your phone calls, things like that. Are, are those the sorts of things that can translate onto the field as well? 
I think it's a representation of self-discipline, you know, and I, and, and I keep coming back to this. There are there are guys who have made the national team in the past um, just on the basis of being good players, but not being uh, uh, not being things that Selfie said, not students of the game, um, not doing those other things. You know, if we want to get better, and we do, right? If, we can't accept the results that we're getting now um, going forward. We always want to be better than what we're doing today. Then we need the guys that are both that good player and show an enormous amount of self-discipline and self-drive um, to do all of the work off uh, off the field as well. So we've got to push guys to do, uh, do those things as well uh, across the board, just learn things about accountability. Uh, I can- yeah. Go ahead. Can I jump? Yeah, can I ahead. jump? I'm sorry. Yeah. I just because I, I think that, I, I, and maybe maybe I'm taking it the wrong way. I thought you were giving short shrift to short, Salty's answer. I think that, and, and Salty, correct me if I'm wrong, that young players need to have a full game. There's a lot of times coaches will allow a player to have a very limited game because it gives them wins. Like, you may have an inside or outside center who is a very, very gifted ball runner, and he just runs the ball, he runs the ball, that's all he does. He doesn't, you know, but when you get to, the, when you start to move up the ladder, if you don't have a full game, if, you, if it's predictable that you're going to run the ball, that you may be able to get through your local area competition and score two tries a game, maybe three, but... When, as you move up the ladder, if they know you're going to run it, you're going to get doubled. You're going to get knocked in the next month. And so you're going to need to be able to pass off your left, pass off your right. You're going to be need to be able to be quality in the contact area. You're going to need to be disciplined in defense. You're going to need to be able to work off the ball. You need to have a complete game because if you're, if you're very predictable, it's easy to defend you. And as you move up the ladder, if you're easy to defend, you're essentially useless. Unless you're such a good defender that, you know, they'll just hide you and turn you into a clear-out man. But, you know, you need to have a multitude of skills. And I, and I think that that's where Salty was going. And, and a multitude yeah. of skills and then adding in what Scott's saying on character. They, I, I, I don't know. May, I, and I might have taken that the wrong way, Alex. I just, just hit me and I just I just wanted to say something. <laughs> guys, guys you know, one of the things that we find is um, is that... You know where do you where do you get that full multitude of, of talent, right? That development or those skills. There are certain things that you take from from coaches, but it, it doesn't matter. Even in the most developed sports that we have in our country, there's a certain amount of individual. You know, you, you can't leave any rock unturned. You have to go out and work those things by yourself. That complete game. Um, you know, and that's I think if we were telling a kid. It's got to be, you know, you've got to take the things that you're good at and build on. But in order to be a complete player, you got to take the things that you don't do well and you don't like, and you got to work on those even harder, uh, you know, in order to go forward. Looking ahead to next year, uh, Scott, you obviously you've got the Junior World Trophy, but but starting with next week, what what's on what's on the agenda for the next six months? Um, we've got uh, we've got this camp, of course, in December with filter, and then in February we'll bring back the kids' uh, athletes' performance um, to do that. In between there, 
Uh, we'll have, uh, we'll, we'll basically, we have check-ins and assessments and we'll, we'll, we'll work with the individual coaches to do their development there as well. Uh, we have six areas of uh, sports psychology that will work um, remotely. So guys will be doing, uh, answering questions online um, in terms of, um, you know, doing some of their skill development, setting goals with their coaches, setting goals for themselves uh, in, in each game. As well as, uh, you know, we, as Salty said, kind of being students of the game, we're looking at um, kind of a lot of what-if scenarios. Um, I think like a lot of young guys don't really get the context of the game. So, you know, I'm, I'm up by five. Uh, I have a scrum. There's three minutes left in the game. Um, you know, we've been uh, able to win our own ball. What should we be doing with the ball here? Um, that, that those kind of what if scenarios uh, as well. We'll be doing a lot of those things. So just just not interfering in the daily training environment. Not trying to add additional work. More along the lines of trying to work with their coach to continue to develop them uh, over that time. Uh, you know, to add more detail to that, one of the things that we've done is we did a daily training environment survey to all of the coaches uh, out there that supply players to a program that we know about now, and even guys that haven't supplied anybody that are just in the collegiate programs that have been in the in the playoffs over the last few years, and just to understand how many guys are doing individual development plans for the players, how many guys are doing uh, nutrition, how many guys are watching film, how many guys are doing SWOT analysis on their opponents, really trying to understand that, um, you know, we want to be of value to those programs. Um, and so we want to, um, you know, fill in the blanks, I guess, with, with coaches for things that aren't being provided for the athlete. So we do that over the course of kind of February uh, through till, till May. And then we assemble uh, just the day after the Division One National Championship, a week before that CPL final. Uh, we're in camp for a week, and then we depart for, uh, for Georgia. Excellent, and, and salty. What you've got? You've got the week coming up, and then, then what's what are we going to see through the winter and the well, spring? Well, um, we've got an exciting uh, um, addition to the high school all-American program, and and that is we're going to start uh, high school all-American seventh. And, Excellent. Uh, I've been in contact with um, some uh, friends in contact in, in BC, and. Uh, BC are bringing it. We're, we're creating a tournament division in Vegas, um, same weekend as IRB Sevens. It's going to be an eight-team division with uh, two high school All-American teams that that hopefully I can pull out of the winter camps for starters. It's it's not going to contain necessarily the best sevens, but it's going to get these kids looking at uh, getting excited by 2016. And uh, we'll have three Canadian sides, two BC teams. Uh, the Howlers, uh, they're a Canadian invitational team, are starting a youth team. Three Canadian sides are two. Utah's putting a team in. Uh, Colorado coming out of uh, Glendale Academy and also the Mid-Atlantic coming out of Hyde. Well, that's great. That gives the players a little bit of an, an extra competitive option. Yeah, the real game is, is 15, but uh, obviously we we're looking at something that's a significant, uh, um, you know, component. And uh, from there, we're going to have a spring assembly, and um, and we'll, we'll figure a date that um, you know when we get it this sorted. But then we'll have a you know a three-day weekend at best, 
And then it looks like um, we're going to have a pretty exciting uh, summer tour for the uh, outgoing um, high school All-Americans. And where are you going? Uh, to be the, well, it's we do, but um, <laughs> do, do, okay, okay. Yeah, it's um, it'll be announced, and um, it's going to be um, pretty enticing. So enticing, like the Republic of Georgia, enticing, or somewhere else? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the sites are, in Georgia, frankly. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. No comment. Well, if you there. take a two hundred mile bus ride, you'll be in Iran. <laughs> 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 I've been in some weird places, uh, uh, but uh, I didn't really get to Georgia. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> We're right by the Black Sea, guys. Don't sell it short. No, hey, you know. It's true. Hey, baby, people need to float. And maybe right. the only place I can float. <laughs> well, maybe a more desirable location for everyone would be Las Vegas. Let's uh, talk a little bit about that. And uh, Salty, you're going to take the couple of teams to Vegas, as you just said, to the Las Vegas Invitational, which, uh, don't forget, uh, leads up to the USA 7s. So the Las Vegas Invitational is uh, February 10th, 11th, and a little bit of the 12th. USA 7s is 12th and 13th of February in Las Vegas. And, you know, you really should go a couple of days early and see that Las Vegas Invitational because they have some outstanding teams, some international sevens, some elite level sevens, some 15s games, 15s channel, challenge matches between clubs, and, and also some challenge matches, lots of them, between uh, colleges. So it's a, it's, that's a great additional aspect of, of the tournament, whether you're a player or simply a fan. And, uh, and, and Salty, you've been there before, right? Yeah, I went last year just as a fan, really. Wanted to, you know, go uh, just enjoy it and uh, loved it, yeah. Yeah. I, you know what, I'll tell you, going out on Thursday is a good idea. Holder and I did it last year, and we went and watched some of the games. Actually watched as many games as we could watch, especially the collegiate games. It was great. Yes, and you were a vision in a Tamashanter and Crocs. I don't know what a tamashanter is, but I definitely had orange Crocs on, <laughs> which have now been, which have now been pink or whatever the hell they were. They now have been thrown away. Uh, my brothers retired them from breaking my chops. They couldn't believe that I actually wore them, and then they threw them away and gave me black ones. So now I have black Crocs, and I am more normal. Well, normal is relative. You know that, Bruce. I'm going to take the opportunity. We're just about to wrap it up, and seeing as this is the final show of the year and right around the Christmas show although it will come out probably after Christmas Day uh, first of all to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year a Happy New Year to to you Bruce and to Salty and to Scott and I also wanted to thank a number of people uh, since it seemed to be a good time to do it First of all, I wanted to thank Juro and Bruce for inviting me onto this show and allowing me to talk a little bit more and be more involved in it because I really enjoyed that. I wanted to thank everyone who listens to Rugby Matrix America and also everybody who goes on to RugbyMag.com and reads Rugby Magazine. We really appreciate it. Uh, we enjoy what we do, and we hope you enjoy reading it. And uh, on a personal level, I wanted to thank uh, Mrs. Golf on Rugby, who is an enormously beautiful, intelligent, and patient woman who has been uh, enormously supportive of me, and uh, thank you to her. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody. And since I took up airtime to 
say that, I thought I'd throw it open to you guys to see if you had anything to add in terms of thoughts for Christmas and the new year. Well, Alex, I think you hit it the nail on the head there. I think thank our families really for uh, this obsession that we have. Um, uh, because without them, it wouldn't be possible. And um, I hope everybody's uh, families are as well as uh, can be expected this time of year. Bruce, hope your dad, um, hope things get better there. And uh, um, that's it for me. Well, I'll tell you, I, I really appreciate everybody being, you know, loyal listeners, and I definitely appreciate Scott and uh, and Salty being on the show. And Alex, there's nothing to thank. I, you know, we thank you for accepting us onto your network. And hopefully, Bronk is finished with all his videos. He really wants to turn these shows into something really cool. Rugga Matrix. Rugamatrix.com. I would, I would, I would, I recommend that to everybody, especially aspiring coaches. We talked about a lot of things, and we didn't get into uh, some of the coaching stuff. But we will be back with Scott and Salty after camp at some point. You know, as they as they're leading into the future, and we'll. Hey, actually, Salty, I got one question for you. If I get it right, I want you to tell me where you're going. I'm only going to make one guess. Argentina. <laughs> Um, (laughs) if I'm correct you have to say yes if I'm correct uh, it's a guess no you're not you're incorrect okay so I made a guess I'm incorrect so we're not going to Argentina so and we're probably not going to the Middle East so you know (laughs) figure it's Australia New Zealand South Africa or Europe uh, and and I, and I, and if anybody's actually going to be excited about it, they're going to Australia. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, I figured out oh, I thought it was out of the box. Somehow, from wishing everyone a Merry Christmas, we went on taking a dig at I'm not sure who who got uh, hit. Everybody but Australia. Well, Scott Lawrence, thank you also for being on the show. And sorry, we we left you till last. No, that's great. I want to thank all the athletes for taking the time over the holidays. You know, last camp was close to Thanksgiving. This was camp and close to Christmas, and, uh, you know, they take – it's a heck of a dedication, the thing that they do to take away, you know, the day after Christmas and uh, over New Year's uh, to, to be a part of the program and to represent their country. And uh, most of all, thank my uh, thank my three little kids for, uh, for letting their dad be away over the holidays and uh, not giving me too hard a time when I get home, making me feel pretty good about walking in the door. Well, that is a perfect way to end it. So thank you very much to Salty Thompson, the high school All-Americans head coach, and Scott Lawrence, the USA Under-20s head coach. Thanks very much to Bruce McLean, and thank you all for listening. We hope you have a great Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful new year. This is Alex Scott from Rugby Magazine saying good night, and this is Rugga Matrix America.